0: Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us for part two of an amazing interview with a good friend of our ministry, Tom Donnan. Now, if you've been listening to us for any length of time, you know when Tom Donnan comes on, he always has some pertinent information to discuss about the end times in relation to current events that we see on the news every day. And folks, he he is not lacking anything today. I mean, he is you know spot on. He's bringing some current events that sometimes we don't hear about them, but... The ones that we do, he's turning them into the light of the gospel. And these are some trying times. You need to be aware of what's going on. And Tom Donnan is making sure that we are aware that time is running out. It's time for us to share the gospel. Amen. We need to get people born again. And one way of doing that is by paying attention to this podcast. So let's jump into the interview. The remainder of this interview now with Tom Donnan. <laughs>
2: Well, OK, so there's other topics that we got that we're going to be touching on. But sometimes you think to yourself, uh, are we getting too big for our own pants? Yes. No. And are we treading on God territory here?
1: Yeah.
2: No, because right. typically when we get to that point, God says, OK, all right, this is enough of this. You know, I'm going to either confuse the language so that you can't do this Amen. or that. You know, but we're at the end of the end days, and I think he's he's thinking to himself, man, I better shut this down pretty soon, or we're gonna, the humanity's gonna be in a mess. And what did Jesus
1: say? That if they didn't shut it down, there wouldn't be anybody to get saved. You know, I mean, that's you know, he himself said that these days were not shortened. You know, so that's and that's, we're we're reaching that point. We are reaching oh. that point. You know, and and. Speaking again of Europe and all that, did you see the recent report of how NATO may be reorganizing into what some are describing as the first steps towards the revived Roman Empire, as
2: the Bible oh, talks
1: about at the end of days?
2: Oh, gee, that's kind of like scary because it's collapsing. You know, they got their financial stuff is just falling apart. And with all the limitations and the, uh, the rules and regulations they're imposing and. And it's just, uh, you know, people, they can't, they don't have enough gas to run the factories in Germany. And the, the companies are moving out of Germany to go other places. And so that's kind of imploding. I don't know to what percent. It's probably a small percent right now, but it's a it's a bad trend. And so it's falling apart. But then it starts to do the reorganization, right? And I think that's when it hit me because uh, uh, I don't know if we have it on the list or not. I'm looking at the list over here. Um is about what happened in Australia recently, where they are toying with the idea of having that social credit score, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, when I heard that, I thought, Australia? No? How did Australia get to the place where, where they are now really authoritarian in that mode? And then it hit me. It hit me like the revived Roman Empire, where there is what, what was there, 10 horns? Mm, right, yeah. Uh in the uh, Revelation 13, I think it is, yeah. right? So then all of a sudden I realized, wait, we see horns rising, no, because you got these individuals like in Canada and, and um and uh, uh how would you say it, uh Australia and New Zealand and, and these other areas of the world where these people are rising up in power, and all of a sudden it hit me like Oh, are these the precursors to the ten horns being revealed in the Book of Revelation? Yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Whether or not it's them, it's the system that they're putting into place that's rising up. Yes, and uh, that that is absolutely true, and it all relates again back to what we were talking about: how the governments are trying to figure a way to control their populace. And, you know, we've discussed before about COVID. And, and in addition to the medical concerns, you know, a, a practice, I believe it was a practice run when the government seized upon the opportunity to have a practice run to train us to obey them when basically it, it all relates to control. Speaking of which, control and and all that, did you see recently uh, the issues with TikTok? You know, we, we talked before about China and their social scores and and we just alluded to about China helping Russia and, and all that stuff. You know, China is not only trying to control their populace, but they want to influence people and spy on us through TikTok. I just seen a, a recent thing on TikTok said that uh, these videos are so short and they're so uh, within something like I think the news report says something like within like six minutes of you filling out your little profile. stuff, they're starting to hit you with stuff that they think what your preferences are. And it adapts as you like this one, they'll send you another one like this one, they'll send you another one more pervasive than Facebook and stuff does. And that it is giving these kids and stuff like that. And and the users of it more or less a high like fentanyl you know, like, oh, wow, that is so cool. And that's what's addicting people to this TikTok app, right? And, you know, now governors around the United States, because of the software and opportunity for them to be, you know, spying on government, and all it takes is for someone to log from a secure government computer to look at a TikTok video, and that thing's in their system. Now they get can work behind the scenes and gain access to all that other stuff. I, I know, you know, the governor in Texas has recently got governor Abbott said, no state platform can be, you know, have TikTok on it. The governor in Maryland here has done the same. He's one of the, I think it's 14 governors that have banned it from state agency uh, computers and phones and stuff like that. Have you seen any of this?
2: It's a scary part It's because they're the uh, information that is behind the scenes, you know, the, the um, position of awareness, the longitude, latitude of the images and, <clears throat> and the images that are taking place uh, and the scouring for more information that goes on behind the scenes. And so it's to the point I heard this about a year ago or so, right, that this was going on. So I, I'm glad to see that they're finally catching up with these, the giving away of information or the way that it could be used against us. And so I'm thinking, wow, it's it's about time that this is happening. And so that's where you start to see some good stuff uh, going on and uh, moving in a good direction. There are like it's ten to one, I would think, just as a way of illustrating, is that there seems to be only a few cracks of positive stuff going on here and there. (laughs) So, but I'm glad that this is moving in that direction to help safeguard the United States. That's the whole point: is to keep us healthy and strong in this the season of destroying and deteriorating our society.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, like that news report was talking about the app senses from the information you've done. And then what videos you, you said you like and stuff like this, it has grown almost within an hour of you starting to use it where it knows you, you know, and starts doing all that. And, And China isn't, just with TikTok i mean they have these uh uh what they call them, robots that you know uh have ai in them and stuff and as the conversations continue to evolve they get to to gather more and more info from the web and you know all that stuff and we talked about all this before the transhumanism and stuff like that we we shared information i think it was in the last uh, interview we did with about pastor jimmy evans when he was talking on this topic but now it seems it might be a lot closer than Anyone really thought possible? I mean, you mentioned earlier in this interview that you know, basically, these nations and stuff are trying to play God. You know, they're they're trying to be God. I don't think God appreciates it very much, which could lead to very serious ramifications. What do what you think along this AI line?
2: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. You know, of course, science fiction, right? If you remember um, Orson Welles, um, I I don't think it was 1984, but there was, um, he wrote a book where he talked about uh, glowing lights that turned out to be neon bulbs, right? Mm. So he talked about it early in the 19th century or uh, 1900s, and then man invented it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you have in science fiction where you talk about having a, a human. Uh, interface with the uh, the internet. Okay, well now Elon Musk is doing that. Yeah. They were doing testing yeah, on Neuralink. Yeah, in yeah. Neuralink. Yes. Yeah. And now they're doing it on human beings. Yeah. No. So they say, okay. So the good side is, is the good side is uh, a person that has a paralysis. Let's say they can use this to bridge those bad areas by which they can make the connection, and the person can come back to normal life. All right, So it starts out good, but somewhere along the line, the introductions to the bad side starts happening. No. And I'll tell you what, I don't think the human mind is designed to be able to carry information as quickly as the internet. And so what would be the burnout factor or the affecting factor? It's a, a kind of like an unknown, but we're there. That's the yeah. problem. We're there. Yep.
1: Yeah. Amen. You know, we're, I think it was in the last interview where the, robot or AI thing, they were asking questions of it. You remember? Yeah. And, yeah, I do. And, and they said something like, uh you know, what is the purpose of, I can't remember what I said, what is the purpose of man? And she said to serve us or something like that. I mean, you know, like basically we'll take over. you know we're going to yeah. take over here. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and, it, and it was like, whoa, who programmed that answer?
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, wrong answer. <laughs> I like the one where, they asked if he would lie, and he said, well, if it was to my advantage.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, praise God. Amen. And, and, you know, Let's let's get off some of the negative and accent a little bit of the positive. Praise God. Now, did you see the YouTube, recent YouTube video by Carol Arno on the banquet hall of heaven? Yeah. Amen. Yes, that was good, but also disturbing. A little bit. But at least, the, you, know, it, you know, you get the, the vision of, you know, the wedding. And I mean, that's, that's awesome. Well,
2: that's what we're looking forward to is yeah. uh, the rapture event, you know, which is becoming more pervasive in conversations these days as we get into the, the end of times. Yeah. Even regular folk are starting to realize that um, something is going on. And so they're starting to pay attention. And that's why we like to get people stirred up, you know, to be able to say, okay, we need to have that relationship with the Lord, especially tapping into the Holy Spirit, because he's the one that leads us and guides us and all this stuff. And so, uh, so she had this experience where she had this uh, vision of, of going to the banquet table, which would mean the lamb, you know, the uh, um, rapture, you know, up for the, the banquet. And she thought, where's, where's all the people? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where's all the people?
2: Yep. So Man, that's a scary thing. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, we know from our own studies, our own discussions that, you know, if Jesus said, all the believers come up here now, there's still going to be something like 6 billion people on the earth. Mm-hmm. Cause there's only, I think the last estimate I heard was 1.6 or 1.8 billion believers.
2: All right. Well, that comes into a serious topic. And that would be is is that we got the parable of the ten virgins. Five were ready and five were not. And this is where uh, I was uh, um, on that recent cruise down to the Southeast Caribbean. And normally when I travel, the Lord uses me for intercession, which means is that there'll be areas where he is asking me to enter into pleading for the forgiveness of sins so that there can be a spiritual change and in a person's life or maybe an area or, or let's say a a ministry of sort. And that didn't happen at all this time, which I'm shocked because it almost always happens. But what happened this time is that he's connected me to believers. Right. And I'm thinking, well, what's going on here? So uh, when I would go down for dinner, I would always ask to be placed at a table. And uh, then after usually an hour of conversation, it comes around the church. Right. You can find out, okay, where's the open door, where's not the open door. And I was coming up with, with the believers uh, and having conversations, but that's when I realized, well, okay, so they do have this sense of believing, but where is their spiritual level? Now, I'm a person that likes to, you know, being a Pentecostal, I always like see Pentecostal fire, I like to see the the uh, moving of the Holy Spirit, I like to see signs and wonders and healings and deliverances and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Amen. So. Um, I get into the conversation to try to feel out where they're at. And the thing was, is that I was more or less trying to stir up the ambers in these people's lives that I'm coming across in these 10 days. And I'm thinking, oh, this is like really strange. Right. And so uh, four years ago I was on the Island of kitten. And it seemed like every time I turned around, I'm bumping into these believers that are really on fire for God. Right. Amen. And now <laughs> I love the story. I get off the ship and I'm in the, the terminal where it, getting into the shopping area. So I'm making a transition and I'm looking for the first person that I can kind of like listen and witness to. Right. So I walk up to this young woman that's got nothing going on and she's some kind of worker there. And I asked her, I says, well, are you a church person? And you should have seen the look on her face. She says, well, I go sometimes. And it's not the answer that I was looking for. Right. <laughs> and I says, sometimes I said, this is not a time in life in the season. To be, you know, uh, how would I say it? To be risking, you need to be on a strong foundation of Jesus Christ. It, you know, because it's scary times out there. You should have seen her eyes get big. <laughs> it was, it was like priceless. So I wound up moving on, and as I'm going through my excursions and I'm connecting with people, I'm, I'm encountering. I gave out uh, at least a dozen cards to leading to my books to help stir up more spiritual activity. And only one person did we hit that I hit with the unity of the Holy spirit right there on the streets in front of the stores. And this woman was excited. You know, there was that spark that took place and we're, we're talking spiritual talk now. And I was kind of like really excited about that. And so, but it was at the same time disheartening because it seems as though I was, um, coming up against or coming into people who didn't have the extra oil. Yeah.
1: And I found oh, that amen. fascinating. Yeah, yeah.
2: Now, another aspect of it is, is that I came across quite a few people that were from the state of Washington, right? And as soon as I brought up church or spiritual life, no, didn't go there, didn't want to talk about it at all, shut me down, get it, you know, let's move on to something else. And I was totally shocked at uh, that aspect of it.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, when you look at that story of the, the ten virgins, uh, five already, five weren't, but yet before the bridegroom came, it says all of them were asleep. There's a lot of Christians right now. They're born again, but they're asleep. Yeah. They're not staying awake. You know, and Jesus made a point, uh, one of his parables about staying awake. You know waiting yeah. for the 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 bridegroom to come you know and, and in that parable said all of them were asleep yeah even the believers and I think we're in that we're in that spot right now you know and that we are the Christians in this nation for the most part are asleep and they're not witnessing you know that the they should have been those five should have been telling look you know when he comes we don't have enough oil to give you so you need to go get it now while there's time, uh, yes. you know? good point. But they didn't do that; they were all asleep. <clears throat> and then when the time came, hey, what about me? Well, you're on your own, Jack. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know. And that's not a Christian thing to do. But the, and you definitely didn't obey Jesus about staying awake. So you know, that's that's Brother Boswell two cents on that parable there. I got a lot more, but then I'd start preaching and.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, on the note of seeing good things starting to happen, you know, I I was uh, really encouraged by Ron DeSantis down in uh, Florida. What he's doing is that he is uh, creating an investigation into why are there so many people that have had a negative effect to the vaccinations? And they're going to rather than do it on the federal level, they're doing it on a state level. Uh, uh, because it's within their jurisdictions, their uh, Florida's Supreme Court uh, system. Yeah. and uh, and they're bringing in other states because the the federal part of it is not interested in this, right? so, and I thought to myself, ah, this is a good move in a good direction. Yeah. We're starting to see a transfer of, you know, like you you wonder yourself, how much evil can people get away with, you know, and not have any kind of accountability? And it's been horrendous, but now all of a sudden you start to see a transfer of power coming into righteousness and goodness. And then that gives me hope that, okay, maybe we can slow this down. Maybe we can get more people aware of what's going on. And so by his actions, I'm not—I'm telling you, this man has got to be blessed by God the way that yeah. he's moving forward.
1: Amen. But on that same topic, I was listening to the radio as I was driving home this morning and the, the two hosts of this radio program were talking about how this is a bad move for DeSantis right now. You know, he was, he was doing good. You know, he was trying to project himself to be presidential and all that, but now he's, he's joining the camp of the deniers again, you know, and, and, and you know, so I can see this shaping up already that, uh, you know, that's how they're going to frame this. Not that he's trying to get to the bottom and the truth of these things, but that he's joining, you know, the denier camp, you know,
2: And
1: uh, he said, but he stood up and, and, you know, recommended people get their vaccine, get it, get it, get it, get it, you know, and now he's saying, oh, no, 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 there's a problem with this stuff, you know, and so they're, they're already trying to frame the conversation that, you know, to, to promote, to push him into that far extreme camp, you know, yes, so, so here we go. But, you know, I agree with you. You know, the guy we're not finished here. Our work no. is not done yet on this earth. And God is raising up leaders to fight the good fight of faith. And I believe one of them is, is Governor DeSantis. I do. Yes. You know? Amen. My wife asked me the other day, who do you think will be the you know next guy running for president? And I said, Well, there's probably gonna be several of them, like last time. Uh mm-hmm. you know, Trump will be one, but I don't think he's gonna get the nomination. And I said, you know, there's a you know, governor DeSantis, in my opinion, is probably one of the the current leaders for that. If he should go that route, uh, Governor Hogan here in Maryland wants is thinking about doing that. Like absolutely not, you know. Uh, he, John Kennedy, would be more of a Republican than what our current governor is a
0: Republican. <laughs> you know I
1: mean? Okay, he is. He is just you know he he was a if if you take the the far left, far right. And you got the middle section. He's like on the left side of the middle, put it like that, you know, our governor here mm-hmm. in Maryland, you know, uh, he, for Maryland, you know, he's a Republican, you know, he's like, like but for everyone else in the, the country, he should run as a, a far left Democrat, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but there'll be some others coming, you know, Ted Cruz, you know, and some people like that, they'll, they'll probably give it a run and, and we'll just let the, let, let the, Balls fall where they fall and see what happens. But, you know, pray about it in the meantime.
2: But uh... All right. So one of the things here that you and I talk about quite a bit uh, is the information that the Lord is feeding us supernaturally, yeah. you know, which comes through the dreams, the visions, the awareness, the quickening. And I think that that is something that is really needed in our day. And this is why I'm encouraging the listeners now to really develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. One of the best books I ever came across that has a uh, kind of like a, a teaching manual, so to speak, would be a Maria Woodworth Edder's book on signs and wonders, 600 yep. pages. Amen. No, yeah. And I would encourage anybody to get a copy of that and to read that, uh, to be able to be inspired. This is what we need rather than have people be you know, devastated, you know, uh, at the overwhelming darkness is that usually what happens is that Jesus shows up on the horizon uh, when it gets really dark, and I'm looking for that that to be happening soon, you know. And so I think he's raising up people, developing them, getting them stirred up to be able to desire those things. You know, all you need is a little bit of faith. You know, like the mustard seed, right? Yeah,
1: <clears throat> man.
2: That's right. Get people to desire that, and and I believe that he's going to open up that door for them to be able to have that experience. You know, and it's, it, the thing is, is that it's like learning a new language that nobody has ever spoke before, but you're supposed to be able to understand it, right? You know, and that's what happens is that he teaches us along the way this new language of how to move in the spirit and walk in the spirit um, and then be the avenue by which his life flows through us and into the world to make it better. Now, I did come across this this uh, husband and wife. He was in one of those wheelchair uh, powered wheelchairs and they had just finished their shopping. And and I don't know why I was drawn to them. Shock of all shocks. Right. Okay, so he he winds up telling me that he is a lawyer and and him and his wife are um, firmly conservative. And so I was talking to him about this need of having this um, people become born again or becoming more on fire for the Holy Spirit. I said, because the goodness, this this is the thing, the goodness of God comes into our spirit and then helps to bring about the transfer from darkness to light. And so that's what that's what we want. We want more of the goodness of God coming into our lives and flowing through us. And it was kind of like I could see that, you know, the wheels turning in their minds as I was saying that. Now, and that's what we want to see happen through these broadcasts. Get people tapped. This is my whole thing here. Get people (laughs) tapped into the Holy Spirit because then He can bring them wherever He wants them to know, teach them whatever He wants them to know, and reveal to them whatever He wants them to know.
1: Amen. Amen. That is so true. And speaking of that, Tom, this has been all so fascinating. If someone wanted to reach out to you to ask a question, maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you?
2: My email is healingthenation1776 at gmail.com. Amen. Amen. Folks, as we wrap up our discussion
1: today with Tom and I want to emphasize we're not doing this to instill fear, but hope. Hope in Jesus, hope in the word, hope that unbelievers do not have our and are incapable of having unless they become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished for us. And if that's you today, if you have a desire to have that type of hope, Tom, can you lead that person in a prayer that will help them to receive the hope that only comes through Christ?
2: Oh, what a wonderful honor. Let's pray. Dear father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and the work he did on the cross by the shedding of his blood he paid the price for the sins of humanity. I tell you, Father, that I am a sinner and I am sorry for the, the pain my sins have caused you. And I, I say, Father, please forgive me. And that Lord, that you would have Jesus come into my heart, come into my life, and I want to live for him. Mm-hmm. And that I thank you in Jesus name, amen. So anybody who has prayed that prayer is that uh, the Holy Spirit comes into you and then a new life begins.
1: Praise God. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, get in touch with Tom. Use the links down below. Email me Brother brotherbob at ftfm.org because I'd wanna, i love to hear your testimony. I know Tom would as well. Tom, man, time goes so quick. I do appreciate you taking the time to come back on today and join us. And I look forward to our next interview,
2: brother. All right. I look forward to it too. Thank Amen. you for this opportunity.
1: Amen. Till next time, as Pastor Bob reminding you, be with Tom Don and myself, be blessed in all that you do.